Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is the Crime Story Podcast with Carrie Antholis, where stories of crime and justice are told. On today's podcast, I read my story, The Durst Trial, victim-shaming strategy meets the supermodel, which you can find in written form at crimestory.com. When writing a novel, a writer should create living people, people, not characters. A character is a caricature. Ernest Hemingway, Death in the Afternoon. Anne Anderson Doyle has traveled to Los Angeles from North Stradbroke Island off the coast of Brisbane, Australia, where she volunteers teaching indigenous children to read. When asked by prosecutor Habib Balian whether she was eager to come testify in the trial, Anderson Doyle replies, Considering the importance of the matter, I thought I uh, owed it to Kathy. And um, then I was worried about the coronavirus But then I changed my mind and I thought, well, I will go anyway. Anderson Doyle goes on to testify that each of the multiple occasions in late 1981 and early 1982 that she spoke with Kathy Durst was triggered by the same stimulus, a traumatic argument between Kathy and her then-husband, Robert, that left Kathy shaken and trembling in fear. Kathy would flee her penthouse apartment, climbing across the terrace to seek refuge in Anderson Doyle's home. The prosecution's strategy in the People vs. Robert Durst is to prove that Durst killed Susan Berman by proving that the killing was part of a series of three interconnected murders that included Durst's wife, Kathy, who disappeared in 1982, Berman, who was killed in December 2000, and Durst's Galveston, Texas neighbor, Morris Black, who was killed in September 2001. The prosecution has Anderson Doyle testifying in person to help make palpable for the jury the impact on Kathy Durst of Robert's abusive behavior. Deputy District Attorney Habib Balian asks Anderson Doyle to describe her encounters with Kathy, and Anderson Doyle responds. Oh, when she was in those acute stress modes, she would be, you know, she would come over in her, you know, in her, in her pajamas or in, you know, in her whatever loungewear or underwear, whatever you call it. And she would be disheveled, she would be... It would be a little bit like a stray dog that would come out of the rain and she would just want to get away. And, um, and it would, I would say it would have been hugely embarrassing for her, but she probably felt that she had to... Yeah, she, she felt that she, that, I was, that she could trust me and that I would, not, I would let her in and we'd, we'd talk to each other and stuff. In describing her physical appearance when she came over, her physical demeanor, have you previously... Well, she was very cowering, and she was, she would be, uh, hair would be disheveled, she'd be crying, she'd be shaking, she'd be, you know, she'd be a complete mess, basically, you know. 
Later, Bellion leads Anderson Doyle to describe a specific incident that occurred late in 1981, just a few months before Kathy Durst would disappear. Well, from that night, my specific memory was uh, that they'd had a fight about the signing some kind of document and that the fight had gotten out of control. And she was subsequently fearful for her, for her life. Balian and the prosecution succeed in this instance in presenting Anderson Doyle and Kathy Durst as what Hemingway would call living people in the imagination of this listener and, I suspect, in the jurors' imaginations as well. Anderson Doyle has established herself as a kind-hearted person who traveled into a pandemic to help a friend who has been missing for 38 years. And she has painted a portrait of Kathy as a beautiful young woman who was battered into an abused animal seeking refuge at her neighbor's windowsill. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to Amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's Amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. The defense indicated in their opening statement that they would paint a different image of Kathy Durst, an image of a drug using social climber who got used to the high life afforded her by her marriage to Robert Durst. It falls to Chip Lewis to try to craft alternative images of these living people that more neatly fit into the defense's preferred narrative. Lewis begins by trying to establish that Kathy Durst and Anderson Doyle were part of a bon vivant lifestyle. At that time, you were, and I don't mean to uh, put you on the spot, and I'm going to praise you because I'm familiar um, with your work, you were a very successful model at that time. Yeah. You were, um, and as you should be, you were making very good money. Uh, yeah. This this time in, in New York City in the early 80s was a, fair to say, um, people your age and of your success and uh, Mrs. Durst's age, it, it was a vibrant scene. It was a vibrant city and it was also a sad city because it was AIDS at the time. So. The vibrancy was kind of um, laced with a lot of tragedy and sadness as well. So. Speaking more about uh, the vibrance of the city, this was when Studio 54 was uh, in its heyday? Yeah, I think Studio 54 might have been a bit earlier, maybe 70s, 76, 77, I think. Late okay. 70s into the 80s, somewhere in there? Yeah, yeah. Um, Club Xenon. I don't know about that. I didn't know that one. No. In, in certain um, more upscale circles in the party scene in New York, there was a lot of drug use. Absolutely, yes. And I'm certainly not suggesting you did anything, but you were familiar with folks in your industry and in, um, in this lifestyle in Manhattan using a lot of cocaine. Yeah. Let me ask you, the, uh, did Kathy ever disclose to you her cocaine use? Never. Oh, never mentioned it at all? Never. Did she ever um, discuss with you any other drug use or abuse of alcohol? Never. 
Never no. mentioned it? Never. Sensing that his attempts to paint Anderson Doyle and Kathy Durst as part of a set of drug-using glitterati has reached a dead end, Chip Lewis tries to take another tack. During um, your discussions with Kathy Durst, she would confide in you about, um, and to make, to make sure I'm using your words, uh, what you term girl talk. Is that correct? And between women, then, yeah. Ladies. Girls, women, ladies, yeah. People of the female sex, basically, yes. And during those discussions, um, she would often talk about men? No, she wouldn't talk about men. Um, she would, it would be more about her situation and about how she felt in herself about her situation. It was not about men. I mean, I was married and so was she, so we didn't talk about men, per se. Lewis requests and is granted permission to share with Anderson Doyle the transcript of an interview with a team led by Los Angeles Deputy DAs Lewin and Balian, in which Anderson Doyle says that she and Kathy discussed guys during one of their conversations. Does that refresh your memory relative to Kathy discussing guys during those discussions? Well, like I said, guys, it was our guys. So it was, we just talked about guys. Lewis again gives up on the line of questioning. He seems to recognize that his efforts to depict these women as gossipy, flirty, promiscuous party girls has landed squarely in the realm of what Hemingway would call caricature, and that the jury appears to be having none of it. After Anderson Doyle completes her testimony, Deputy D.A. Balian presents the jury with the pre-recorded video testimony from 2017 of James Varian, a retired New York City detective who interviewed Anderson Doyle on February 10, 1982, less than two weeks after Kathy Durst's disappearance and just a few months after Anderson Doyle's particularly fraught encounter with Kathy. Varian wrote a contemporaneous report about that interview, and though he had no specific memory of the interview, he testifies to the integrity of the report and presents its contents. And stated that sometime during the latter part of September or the beginning of October, Catherine did leave her apartment via the bedroom window in her PJs and walked around the outside balcony to Anne's bedroom window and was crying. Anne let her in and Catherine stated that Bob had beat her and that he wanted to kill her. She further stated that he had a gun and was afraid of being shot. Catherine stated that Bob wanted her to sign a disclaimer clause so that she would not, that she would relinquish any monies or property. She was afraid to sit in any room which had a window, thus she spent two hours sitting in the bathroom. In the video of the cross-examination, defense attorney Dick DeGuerin tries to poke holes in Varian's testimony with little apparent impact on the jury. And so, as each juror crafts his or her sense of this unfolding story, this day's storytelling is dominated by the living people that the prosecution has presented, the cowering, abused, and frightened Kathy Durst, and the stoic, kind-hearted, retired supermodel, Anne Anderson Doyle. That was The Durst Trial, Victim Shaming Strategy Meets the Supermodel, by Carrie Antholis. For more crime and justice storytelling news and narrative analysis, 
head over to crimestory.com. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next Crime Story podcast. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.